Welcome to City Limits. I'm Kevin. And I'm Ian. And it's uh, Thanksgiving week. Mm-hmm. The house is all bustling with... Uh, <laughs> Groceries, bags, yeah, you name yeah. it, projects. <laughs> Food, beer being tapped. Yeah. Uh, we have a lot going on. We're getting ready for... Pegged, I mean. Yep, we're getting ready for, you know, not a big, not a huge crowd, just 25 people. Yeah. But, you know, we've had we've had more than that. Last year was much smaller, but, you know... Because of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. It should be fun. Yeah. Uh, favorite holiday. Mm-hmm. It's not overly commercialized. I mean, it is, but yeah. it's not... Well, like it's Christmas. You know, it's it's just it's good food and good people, and you know, being thankful. It's, it's a it's a nice time of year. Yeah, and the weather is going to be warm. It's gonna be beautiful, so we can get outside. Mm-hmm. All right, and so uh, last week, of course, we talked about the the racist incident and the fallout mm-hmm. um, in Quincy High School and Quincy schools in general, I guess. Yeah. Um, and we dedicated the whole show to that, and yeah. we. We wanted to talk about other issues, so we'll get back to those other issues today quickly. But um, we'll start off with that, the racist incident again and any fallout. Yeah, so not so much that there was fallout, but um, Superintendent Mulvey and Assistant Superintendent Perkins have worked very hard with their team, and they've had some responses, and I think a notice went out to the parents about what's uh, what their action drivers are going to be, and they are definitely you know, hearing what the students are saying and involving their conversations and, and starting to you know, see some, you know, improvements for in the near future and then a long-term, a long-term plan as well, which is good because, you know, this is a really charged time um, in the Quincy Public Schools and those kids are going to remember for the rest of their lives taking this stand and making a change for the positive in their community as opposed to maybe the class that they missed. Right. So I know the mayor had his podcast Mm -hmm. on November 19th and it doesn't sound like he's fully on board with acknowledging what what the superintendent and, and some of the staff is acknowledging, like it's a, a cultural issue. Mm-hmm. He seems to think it's just a, a handful of kids. Ninety nine point nine percent of kids do everything right, and you know, there's just some screw ups. Mm-hmm. I hate that word. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Especially um, for young kids, because you know, honestly, we can't learn if we're not willing to actually address the issues that they're having. And basically, he's his reasoning. He's reduced it to um, America's lost its soul. Mm-hmm. This country lost its soul, he said. Mm-hmm. And it's a, a, a lack of faith and a lack of values that are being taught at home. And I just want to play this clip. And I don't want to talk too much about it. I mean, listen to it, folks at home, and, and you can decide what you want. So let's play that clip. As many people have gotten away from faith in general, what's the core? What's the foundation they're living with? And, and I would suggest that, you know, it's really starts at your home and whatever that faith values are that kind of helps to build you the person that you are. So if you take out the faith piece, right, it's a major piece some people don't experience anymore. Then you add into that the, the households that have changed, the families of today uh, aren't all perfect. And, you know, we could talk about till till the lights come on, I guess, the street lights come on, you can talk about all kinds of societal ills that may contribute to the demise of the family, et cetera, et cetera. But family today is different. And there's a lot of kids that don't get the support and structure at home. So now add that piece in, right? So if you if you get a kid coming from a house that doesn't have a good support system, doesn't have any real faith base, whatever that faith may be, mm-hmm. now you're out there loosey-goosey in the society of today that we're living with, and some of these kids have no direction. So let me say right up front that most of the kids do the right thing every day. But the burden on the school system today is so much more than it was 30, 40 years ago. Because most of the kids coming to school 30, 40 years ago, 
you know, had structure at home, had support at home, had direction at home, and had the reinforcement of whatever that religious faith may be. And I think, and I, and I know there's probably people out there right now rolling their eyes. And, oh, <laughs> here he goes, you know. So there he goes. Um, so it's kind of interesting because, I, I, you know, this is this, when people say we want we want our downtown to look like it did in Shoppers USA. We can't have that because we're not going backwards in time. The city Quincy has changed. <laughs> it's 2021 and dynamics have changed. And, you know, to say that, you know, what's missing is what we were 30 or 40 years ago. It wasn't perfect 30 it wasn't or 40 years ago. perfect 30 years ago. No. And, you know, it's just, you know, it's, it's, it was foolish. hidden. It was, was it? It was hidden. It was hidden. But, but the, but the real issue is that family dynamics have changed. Things have changed. Our yeah. community has changed and our students are in pain and hurting. And, the superintendent and the leadership team are hearing them and they are doing something about it. And unfortunately, but to suggest that we need to go back 30, 40 years ago, I think what we really need to do is respect one another and respect what those students were saying and respect the changes that have happened in our community and realize that we're in 2021. Yeah. We've changed our city. We have developed it. There are a lot of new people living here and we need to change with it. And the, the line that got me, the, the family today, Mm-hmm. Families today aren't all perfect, mm-hmm. and and folks, you at home can decide what you think he means. But mm-hmm. I, I think I know what he means. Um, I think you know the nuclear nineteen fifties all white, you know, a mom and a dad and two three perfect kids mm-hmm. isn't the norm of today, and that doesn't mean that's the one model that works. No, you know the thing is, I know many people who are raising their single parents, raising their children, doing a fantastic job. I know same-sex parents that are raising their children doing a fantastic job. Right. Interracial families raising their children doing a fantastic job. And I know very many Caucasian families that are doing the same thing, but some of them aren't. And they, it's, not, it's, it's not one or the other. It's problems happen in families. And it's how you deal with those problems that we survive as, as a community and support each other. And sometimes they happen or they over, the, the boil over happens in the schools. And that's when we have to deal with it. Yeah, and these two kids that were in that fight, I have no idea what their family Mm-mm. structure is. No. <laughs> I wonder if he does. I don't I don't think he does. And the, the, the real problem is, is that the, the, it happened in our schools. You know, the, these videos are being created in our schools. These issues are happening in our schools, and we do have to deal with them. And the way the superintendent and the leadership is dealing with them is productive and positive. And mm-hmm. I wish that the administration would, would heed that as well and realize that's happening in our community. Not outside, not outside of Quincy, yeah. not in the state of Massachusetts, not in the, it's, it's in Quincy. It's happening here. Right. And it's happening in other communities too. And it's how we deal with it, that we can make it better. And it's not just a couple of kids. We heard from a lot of kids. Mm-hmm. They walked out and, and told you how they feel. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, there were kids passing that video around. That wasn't one or two kids passing the video around. Mm-hmm. That wasn't one or two kids cheering when the fight was going on. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. And and the problems just get bigger if you don't deal with them. I mean, I will say like, you know, in the city of Quincy, we have dealt with, when it comes to the opiate crisis, we've opened our eyes and realized it's a real issue and we're dealing with it. We have to do the same thing when it comes to racial inequalities. We have to realize that we we have differences here in the city of Quincy and it's how we respect one another and don't tolerate bad behavior like that because that bad behavior, you know, you know, creating videos or saying certain things that are just, that are beyond they're just awful. <laughs> you can't you can't pretend that's one bad thing. So we have some some listener mail and, and, and some of the, the letters articulated a little, a little better than we did. <laughs> so uh, 
Uh, let's let's get on with some other issues. Mm-hmm. Um, another big issue that happened, I think, last week was Councillor McCarthy's public meeting for the mm-hmm. C Street Imperial Terrace, uh, the 24 units that City Solicitor Timmons and his brother want to put up in place of Imperial Terrace. Yeah. So at that meeting, that was held at the Coddington, um, the Coddington building. That's where the superintendent uh, and the school committee actually have the school committee meetings. So it was um, right next door to where we used to have the school committee meetings. There's probably about 50 people there. It was Christopher Timmons that was representing the JVC LLC. And they went from 24 units down to 21 units. And they still have a partial fourth floor. It's going to go before zoning tonight. The um, interesting thing was that the the public meeting was not advertised. It was not um, on the city website. So it wasn't on the, it wasn't on the calendar for the city website. Um, I think that's up to the um, ward council to do that. A letter did go out. It went out last Monday for a meeting on Thursday night. And tonight is the zoning meeting. So the decision will be made tonight. Nobody was happy about it. I didn't hear one person that was saying, this is the best thing for our neighborhood. Two days before Thanksgiving. Two days before Thanksgiving. They'll make the decision tonight. And what's really disturbing was... Did um, they have masks on? There's two people that had masks on. So they're in the same hall that... uh, Next door. The next door to where the school committee would meet. And there's probably about 50 people there. They could easily, if they wanted to have a public forum for parents to come out and speak yep. in regards to um, the school incidents. Um, again, it's a, con- a use of convenience. Um, right. The administration wants to make sure. So we, the problem that I had with the C Street and the Imperial Terraces, you know, they can build by right, but, um, you know, they, can't build they cannot units. build 24 units by right, and they cannot build 21 units by right. And there was a number thro- thrown out there was around 18 units that they could build by right. They can't build 18 units by right either. Hmm. I think they can build at most. 6.5 units by right. Wow. Yeah. So from my understanding of the math and I know I do, I do have friends that do zoning. So, <laughs> so the thing is, is that it's, it's really was upsetting was, um, you know, people feel like, you know, that they're being taken advantage of the city solicitor. It's, it's inappropriate that the city solicitor is, you know, by all rights, becoming a developer. And then, you know, he lives up by Furnacebrook golf course. Furnacebrook golf course isn't going to get developed. It's right behind his house, <laughs> but you know, you know, if you live down in Marymount, you're not getting the same treatment by the city solicitor. <laughs> right. So we'll. Uh, I'll be on that Zoom meeting tonight at five thirty. <laughs> yeah, and we'll we'll get we'll catch up with that on our next show. I guess, mm-hmm. The outcome. So the next issue we wanted to touch upon was the Furnace Brook Golf Course. Mm-hmm. And I'll read a little history. This is from the ledger. So the Commissioner of Natural Resources, Dave Murphy, said major infrastructure improvements are coming. To Furnacebrook Golf Course, now that the city is preparing to take over the operation of one of the th- one of the three courses in the city, the city's relationship with the golf club started in 1971 when then Mayor James McIntyre proposed a 50-year lease on the course. At the time, the club was unable to pay its 1970 property taxes, a $17,500 bill, and saw no prospect of improvement in its financial future. Under the lease, the club was to pay the city one per year for 50 years in lieu of taxes. At the end of that time, June 2021, the land would be given to the city. At the end of the lease, as the end of the lease approached, Koch said he and his staff spent time meeting with the club's management to discuss the best course of action. Um, It was decided that the land would remain a golf course, but the city will take over its maintenance and management at the start of 2022. So the first order of business, according to Commissioner Murphy, is to replace the course clubhouse, which is almost 100 years old. 
He said the project is very early in the conceptual design process, but he estimates it will cost between $5 million and $5.3 million to replace the clubhouse. That would be the most inexpensive project we've ever done in the city of Quincy. Singing. We are now into the $100 million kind of projects. Yeah. Nothing costs less than $100 million. He would have to come back before the council to ask for the money before mm -hmm. any construction could begin. Mm -hmm. So, what, what were they looking for in, in the council meeting? So they were looking for they were looking for us to approve and to add four hundred thousand dollars into our current fiscal year budget. So the taxpayers of the city of Quincy now will be funding a front, like the, will be funding Furniture Golf Course, and that's only for half a year. And then next year's budget, it will go up with you know between seven hundred and fifty and eight hundred thousand dollars in our budget. So. When people say this isn't really, you know, the sequence is not really, taxpayers aren't paying for this golf course, you are. And second to that is that they've been meeting for the last 18 months. So this administration has been meeting for the last 18 months to discuss. For, not with the city not council. Not with the city council. Not with, with anybody in the public. So for the last 18 months, they've been discussing how they were going to go about doing this. And just like, you know, when the budget came before us last May, they put this in the budget and they were like, well, you know, we own a golf course. This is what we have to do. And right. no discussion. And then when they did have the, we said we wanted to take it out and have a robust discussion about this. The robust discussion was, it was brought to us by, via memo, a two-page memo. It's two and, pages. Uh, basically, the two pages, the first two pages kind of repeat the same information. And the third page is a rough budget, I guess. If, it, if you would call that. It's like maybe 10 lines of something. Yeah. So it's not really breaking anything out. You don't, we don't know if we've purchased anything yet. We don't know if there's any money that has gone into it. They say that they have plans. We don't know how much money they spent on the plans. We don't really know anything about our golf course other than the fact that it's going to be in our budget. We'll be paying taxes. And um, one of the other councils, I think Council Yang said, you know, if we approve this tonight, can we cut it next year? We can cut it anytime it comes before us. But the issue is we should probably know more about it than we do. And it's, you know, it's, it's not to say that, you know, that this is, a, is it right or wrong? We didn't have a discussion. There was no public hearings. We don't know what's the plans up there. They've been discussing it for 18 months. And we, you know, this is the thing. We can either race into these things and, you know, find out it's going to cost us millions and millions and millions of dollars, or we can really discuss it and make sure it's the right thing for the taxpayers of the city of Quincy. And this is their lack of planning. This is what I said. This administration's lack of planning and forethought does not make it my emergency to solve. They were doing it for 18 months, and they chose not to share it with the public or anybody right. else, and I know, including the ward councilor. Yeah, I know Councilor Pal Palmucci uh, voted against it also, mm -hmm. and he asked if the golf course had made enough money to mm -hmm. sustain itself or even make a profit when it was privately run. Murphy said it had, but that the city is looking to expand its membership-driven model of operation. And then there's a quote from him. I think this will be a be marketed as a public course in addition to maintaining the membership business model up there and a few of the nice things that generate quite a bit of revenue. He said the city's goal will be to market this as a public course and generate more tea times. Mm -hmm. Murphy said that even with the upcoming capital expenditures, the course should mm -hmm. come close to breaking even each year. So let me ask you this, Kevin. If you were a bank and I came into you and I said, you know what, this used to make money and I think I'm going to take it over and I just need $5 million from you to make a new clubhouse. And, you know, maybe you could fund me by a, a half million or a million dollars a year. And you said, wouldn't you say, can I see, can I see the books? Yeah. Yeah. So the business that you just took over, the golf course, you know, you're telling us that it, it made money, but we weren't allowed to see any of the financials of the first book golf course before us. We didn't get to see anything. We were just told this is how much money it's going to cost for the city of Quincy to run it. And then we're going to need another couple of million dollars to you know, upwards of $6 million to build a clubhouse. And um, we've been discussing it for 18 months. 
you know, I, I just, I, I would not, you would not get a loan from a bank if you went into it and said, you know, this is how we're going to do it. We're not going to show you anything, but just give me the money, you know, yeah. but this, the, the taxpayers, the sequins, you're constantly having to open up their wallets and just hand it over to this administration because that's their plan and yeah. we're too late to discuss it. It'd be interesting. I mean, it's a public golf course in the middle of a neighborhood. I mean, how much can they really expand? Um, well, it's, it's nine hole golf course. So it's a nine hole golf yeah, course. It's not a, it's, course. it's not a, it's not a full golf course. And there's only so many tea times you can, you can have. I don't know. Yeah. So the, so the business model should have been, let's, let us look at, if I was able to really take a look at things, I would have wanted to look at what was the model that was happening up there and what wasn't working and what can we fix on the city side to make it work better. But we were just told we're just taking it over because the lease is over. Did, right. did Furnace Book, did they want to extend their lease? I don't think they did. Yeah, they yeah. just wanted to keep their. They wanted to keep. The friends. I, I, it could be the. It could be great, but it just. It does. It is just not the way it's being presented. It's not. There's not. Tra- there's no transparency. Again, I. I ask the question. You know, did it make money? Yeah, it made money. Can do we, Can we see the? Can we see it? Made money or broke? Broke even. Broke I don't, even. We're not sure. Like, it doesn't sound like it's doing gangbusters. Mm-hmm. Um, but Councilor Palmucci had many of the same concerns that you just echoed. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a quote from him. He said he was concerned residents of the city would be on the hook paying for a golf pro, major upgrades, and other expenses that aren't necessarily in the city's purview. Mm-hmm. Well, it's very similar to Quincy College. Like, so, you know, we're not, we shouldn't be in the college business, and now we're going to be in the golf business. <laughs> and, um, you know, and we want to be back in 19, we want to be back 40, 30, 50, 40 years ago because that's the best, the best nuclear family we could have. But yeah. we want to be, you know, current 2021 and, you know, the development we have is the best we can do in the city of Quincy. I'm very confused by like everything <laughs> that goes on. Right. Um, and then the other major story from the last uh, mm-hmm. few weeks, I guess, uh, Fox Rock mm-hmm. removes residential <laughs> units from Ross Lot plans. Mm-hmm. Fox, this is according to the Quincy Sun. Mm-hmm. Fox Rock Properties no longer plans to include any residential units in its proposed development of the former Ross Lot and Quincy Center. The company will will also no longer seek permission to construct a twenty story building on site. Mm-hmm. We don't know what we don't know. Will it be a five story building? Will it be a two story building? <laughs> you know, this is. I think it's like their tenth round of plans for this particular site, and. You know, they haven't stuck to one. <laughs> That's the one thing I can say. The one thing I know Fox Rock has done is not actually come up with a plan they want to, that they want to talk about more than once. <laughs> right. And then um, just to ground everybody, Fox Rock's initial plans that got the LDA signed. Not by me. <laughs> um, not by you. Because in I, 2019, had called for the construction of 110 units of affordable or workforce housing. And again, that would be people like a firefighter, a policeman, a school teacher, a single mom. <laughs> You know, yep. somebody um, making $72,000 to $75,000 a year. So at Wednesday's board meeting, David Mahoney, no relation, the attorney representing Fox Rock during the permitting process, withdrew the company's request for a special permit. Mahoney told the board the company would be removing the res- residential units from the project. There won't be a residential component of the project any longer. The company is still seeking a certificate of consistency for the overall project. Uh, Mahoney had sought a continuance of the public hearing on the certificate of consistency to December or January, allowing the developer more time to revise its proposal for the site. Board members, however, continued the public hearing on the certificate of consistency to February 9th, which they didn't 
like they wanted it sooner. <laughs> they want, so they want it sooner, but they don't have the plans ready. But then when they do have the plans ready, they'll change them again. They have yet to actually come through with um, no any plans that can get passed. And and by the way, the LDA was signed with specific conditions, and they're not meeting any of them. And the only people who can hold them to it at this point is the planning board. And it's appointed a, by the administration. <laughs> it's kind of a strange quote here. Uh, Attorney Mahoney objected to continuance to February. It's not going to get approved in January, but it's very important to my client that is heard in January for a mm -hmm. variety of reasons. But the reasons weren't listed. I don't know what those reasons are. Maybe they're going to the bank. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. And so anything else on that, Ian? No, just that, you know, I have to say that if Fox Rock has acquired a lot of things in the city of Quincy, and with the exception of Hospital Hill, that's the only thing that they've actually started doing any work at. Nothing else has actually moved. And, you know, I'm not sure what, even where Hospital Hill stands, but they got the premier location up at Hospital Hill. And we got, you know, we're getting Ross parking lot. All the things that were promised, none of them are coming. We're not having the medical you know, facility that they promised. We're not. It's now turned into offices and, and a hotel, no residential. No hotel, I don't think. Just There's, offices. Just offices now. Yeah. Oh, I thought there was a hotel. And a parking hotel. garage. And a parking garage. Well, you know, so really, you know, quite honestly, um, it's just quite interesting. It's a change. Everything has changed. Oh, and, and in the mayor, um, in his podcast, I mm -hmm. think, or Joe's podcast. I think it was Joe's podcast. Joe, yeah, it was Joe's podcast. Joe asked him about it, about them taking the housing out. Mm-hmm. And the mayor, after arguing continuously on how we need to build more housing mm -hmm. um, to do our part for the state, because we don't have enough housing, he said it's a welcome change. That's okay. That, take, that we, you know, we're not that we're getting more of a commercial base now and not housing. That's because we're going to do twenty-four <laughs> units over at Imperial Terrace. The city solicitor is going to take care of that. So I'm just kidding. <laughs> so consistency is is not his strong suit. Yeah. It, it, so the thing is, is that. You know, when it comes to when it comes to our kids and it comes to our schools and the discussions of the things that are happening currently, we want to go back 50 years because that's when things were good in families. But when it comes to 2021 and the development that we're having, we change our mind on a constant basis as to what's good for Quincy and not. And everything always costs the taxpayers more money. I found with this administration, the best defense is a good offense. Mm -hmm. Never admit fault. Never. No, oh, never. Mm -mm. Yeah. Mm -mm. That's just me. <laughs> it's not me. <laughs> and then the last thing I want to get to, I almost missed it. I don't know why. Mm -hmm. Before we do something else here, the teacher's contract. Mm -hmm. um, I see that somebody, Carol Austin, wrote to the Quincy Sun. Is that um, this week? Yep. Yeah, this is last week. This week, yeah. Tomorrow is Wednesday. So a new issue comes out. Um, I'll just read a bit of this. She didn't write it to us, but she wrote it to the Sun. For the last two years, I have worked, like my colleagues, without a contract from the Quincy Public Schools at the bargaining table on Tuesday, November 16th, the Teachers Union, Quincy Education Association, was offered a 0% raise for last year when we all had to adapt our teaching into an online format with which many of us were unfamiliar with. Um, we were offered a 2% raise for the current year when the cost of living has gone up 6.3% and the cost of our insurance benefits has also risen. I mean that's that's true for everybody. What what? But what's surprising in here is they offer two percent. Yeah. Well, what's and the mayor was like again on multiple things, and even in a school committee meeting said zero three. Right. Mm -hmm. He said they were offered zero three. Yeah, and but never in a formal setting. No. So he he offered them zero two. 
In a formal setting, he offered them zero two at right. the table, at the bargaining table. He offered them zero two. In the general public at the open forum, he said, we can settle this tomorrow if they want to settle yeah. for zero three, but right. they have to, he'd have to get an offer for zero three. So he's not bargaining in good faith. Right. Anybody who knows anything about union contracts know that we come to the table and you bargain in good faith. And you put that offer on the table. He has not put that offer on the table. And zero two is what's on the table. So mm -hmm. he likes to say facts are stubborn things. Facts are stubborn things. And the fact is, is at a school committee meeting, he made everybody believe that he had an offer out to the teachers for zero three. The fact is, the teachers were offered a zero two. Right. And the fact is that this administration would like everybody who's not paying attention to believe he's doing the right thing, but he's not. Right. Well, Ann, do you know what time it is? I do. What time is it? Ann? It's Listener's Mail. All right. So the first one is a letter from Stephen. We were disheartened, but not surprised to read that Fox Rock has changed their plans for the development on the Ross parking lot property. The promises made relative to the Ross lot development to use the new offices built to house medical offices and having 110 workforce housing units in the development were key in the city's decision to allow the development of the hospital grounds into a mega apartment complex in the midst of one of Quincy's neighborhoods. One development hinged on the other, but now that the Hospital Hill development is well underway, Fox Rock shows its true colors. This has nothing to do with the needs of the city of Quincy. It has everything to do with greed. They strung people along, and in the end, they got their way for Hospital Hill. The city leaders, the mayor, the city council, and the zoning board needs to hold this developer accountable. If you don't, you are abdicating your responsibility to serve the taxpayers of this city. And I that's feel, from Ellen Anstey. Yeah, I feel very strongly with what they're saying, and I have been, I have been actually trying to. I we mean, have been trying. We've been asking them to come to city council. We've been asking them for updates. We've been asking the administration to give us the updates. And quite honestly, as I said before, this is in the hands of the planning department appointed by the mayor. You know, it's out of the city council hands because the LDA was approved and it was approved by, I, did, I didn't approve it. So. Right. You're the lone counselor who did not approve it. Yeah, because clearly, honestly, they couldn't answer any of the questions that I was asking them. I couldn't give them the bank loan. Right. <laughs> I couldn't give them the city of Quincy. Right. All right. So we get a couple from Joe. Uh, these are short ones. Mm -hmm. Brushing off the events of last week as just some unproductive kids walking out in response to some ignorant kids who need a religion is tantamount to ignoring symptoms of disease until you've passed the window of treatment. Mm -hmm. And then he had another one, um, different subject. I was at my kid's PTO meeting the other night when the topic of leaving windows open in the classroom being necessary for ventilation during the pandemic was brought up. An alternative to having our kids and school staff wear winter coats and hats inside when it gets frigid would be portable air cleaners. I'm sure Mayor Koch would say we don't have the budget to put these machines in our classrooms. If only we had extra money from the federal government, especially designated for these extra COVID-specific costs. <laughs> thanks, what you, thanks for what you do. That's from Joe too, right? Yeah. That was because we did we, we dedicated just our, yeah. our listeners' mail last week to just yeah, the so schools. Yeah, catching up a little yeah. bit. And then from David... There's an interesting piece in the Quincy Sun, November 11th, about Fox Rock eliminating the residential component of its proposed project at the Ross site. And they've withdrawn their special permit request to build the 20-story building altogether. Why? Something just doesn't smell right. One quote from David Mahoney, no relation, <laughs> is particularly troubling. It's not going to get approved in January. 
but it is very important that it is heard in January for a variety of reasons. Hey, that's my, me too. <laughs> um, well, maybe he could share some of those reasons. In fact, the city should be very wary of this project and this developer for a variety of well-known reasons. <laughs> Yeah, I think David's, you know, David's hitting what we were talking about. It's kind of questionable. You know, we change the plans every time they turn around, and then they say we have to be back in January. Yeah. Why? Why? <laughs> yeah. Maybe the administration knows. I'm sure they know. They've been working on it for 18 months. <laughs> Just kidding. I wonder if it's going to get expedited. I don't know, but you know, it will be interesting. Mm -hmm. Somebody yeah. knows. <laughs> okay, this is from Maggie. Wake up, Mr. Mayor. The perfect family no longer looks like a carbon copy of the 50s nuclear family ideal. Middle-class, patriarchal, child-centered, and Christ-centered families are no longer the norm, nor were they ever. A perfect family in 2021 in your city looks a lot more colorful and has no boundary box. Interracial families, single parents, breadwinning women, LGBTQ parents and children, um, multi-generational household, households, the list goes on. These families are not responsible for the trouble in your schools. Instead, your white-knuckle grip on old ideals is harmful, and it might be time to take a step back and listen to your community and what they need in today's Quincy. That was very strong. <laughs> um, and again, you know, that was hard for me to come back because there's a lot of the points that I actually do believe that is true. You know, our community is, are made up of multi-different people, facets that live here. And I've said it all the time, you know, for us to have the things that we want in Quincy, for us to grow to the community that we want to grow to, we have to actually start recognizing the people who live here. And we have to we have to hire people yeah. who represent the people who live here. It's not just your group of friends mm -hmm. that all look the same mm -hmm. that you've known since childhood. Mm -hmm. it, it's, it, it has to be the people, you, to be the strongest community that we could possibly be, we have to have people who live in our community, work in our community, succeed in our community, be respected in our community, and feel welcomed in our community. Right. And that is, you know, that's not just the people who, you know, who are Catholic or who are, who are you know, Protestants. It's, it's all of us. We all make up that community. You know, it's the people who do not have a religion because there are people who do not believe in religion. And, and they do live in our community, too. And they treat each other with respect. They do. And I, I just, it, I'm I don't, sure there are some that don't also. So. It, well, I just, I really do feel like the, the, the more open dialogue and understanding one another and, and really listening to each other makes a difference. And we don't do that. We do we're a lot of talking at each other. Right. Well, I can say this. I'm thankful that Superintendent Amaldi and Assistant Superintendent Perkins are, are the ones who are leading this, these kids through this, um, this dire time in Quincy Public Schools. And I know they'll find our way to, and our students' way to, to fix things. And I have a lot to be thankful for. I'm thankful for my family. I'm thankful. I'm, I'm looking forward to Thanksgiving. And I'm, you know, I'm looking forward to turning the corner of COVID and, and brighter days of tomorrow. Me too. So that does it for this week on City Limits. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Great Happy Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving.